amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. The waters of rest He restores my soul Though I walk through the valley Thou art with me Thou preparest me Yes, good morning. This is Pastor Jim Newsom and this is Truth in the Word on Biblical News Report Talk Radio the 18th day of May 2020. We're broadcasting today from North Central West Virginia. I'm going to continue on today in chapter 2 of the book of Hebrews beginning around verse 5. Before we do it's pray. Father, bless your word as it goes forth and you said it won't come back void but do that what you sent it to do. And we ask you Lord in Jesus name you know every person is going to hear this broadcast you know exactly what's going on in their lives and we ask you to minister to them. Save souls, deliver and set free. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 2, beginning around verse 5. Yesterday we talked about um, Christ as, as uh, his role in our salvation. How we need to give more what earnest heed to what we've heard. Search out our own salvation. We're trembling and with fear. Uh, as we see the day approach, even even draw closer, when you see uh, these things come to pass, what's coming to pass on the earth today, look up for your redemption draws nigh or your change. Um, the Bible declares we are, we are justified through the Word of God, through faith in Christ. We are sanctified through the Word of God, faith in Christ and His finished work, and, and there's a future where we are going to be glorified by the Word of God. The Bible says that in an instant we will change, that mortality will put on immortality. A corruption helps today, Lord, will put on incorruption. This is the future of the believer. Job said, I'll wait all the days of my life for my change. So are we looking? <clears throat> the Bible says we need to love his appearing. Now, the Word of God says that we occupy until he comes. We do what needs to be done. We do our best to fulfill the Great Commission, which is preach the gospel unto all the world. Uh, proclaim Christ of who he is. He says, if you be ashamed of me before men, then I will be ashamed of you before God. This is what he said in his word. And do the best that we can through the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit's help, Paul said, I've run my race, I've kept the faith. He said, I've done to the best of my ability with help through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
to fulfill the what great commission to preach the gospel, to preach Christ and to preach him crucified. He said to come in power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. So today we're going to talk about Christ our high priest. Christ our high priest. And we're going to start with verse 5. And the writer says, For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. In other words, there's one mediator, one king, one Lord. And the Lord hasn't given the angels dominion and rulership. He didn't tell the angels to sit by his right hand. God the Father told Christ to sit by his right hand until he makes his enemies his footstool, enemies of Christ, enemies of the cross, cross, enemies of God, enemies of truth. And the Bible clearly states that Satan, or a time and a period, is the pseudo-God of this world. Just look around. But there's coming a day when all that's going to change. And I believe that's coming soon. When? I don't know. I don't know. But I do believe that things are ramping up. We can't ignore the signs of the times. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, Paul wrote, For there is one God and one mediator. How many gods? One. How many mediators? One. Between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, the mediator, uh, which is who? Jesus Christ. The go-between, the one that reconciles, the one that takes the hand of God and the hand of man and joins them in union. And Paul wrote, there's only one way, and that's through Christ. And he says, he calls him the man, the man. Through one, through one man, sin come into the world. Who would that be? Of course, it would be Adam. But through the second Adam, he come into the world that he might, the Bible says, destroy sin. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. We, we need to talk basics. Who is the Savior? Once again, it's not man. It's not man's ways. It's not man's doctrines. It's not any man at all. A lot of men are lifted up. Their names are plastered everywhere. But Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Look unto the author and the finisher of your faith, which is Jesus Christ. We must preach him. So one mediator, one go-between. Verse 6, but one in a certain place testified, saying, <clears throat> what is man? that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man, that thou visiteth him. Why does God love mankind? 
Well, the Bible says that we were created and made a little lower than the angels. The Bible declares that we were made in the image of God. Remember, we talked about an image yesterday. That was just stamped upon a coin. So God loves man. He loves his creation. John 3.16, the first verse you probably ever learned when you went to Sunday school. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So what is man? Who is man? In Psalms 8, beginning in verse 3, and the psalmist wrote, When I consider thy heavens, immense, never-ending, billions and billions of light years away, there's still creation. The Lord, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. Verse 4, Psalms 8, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visiteth him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Listen now. And hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. So God's plan from the creation of Adam and the creation of Eve, Eve taken out of Adam, was that man have dominion under, listen, under God. Pledge of Allegiance says one nation under God. Anything that's not under God is a rebel. Plain and simple. No, no, there's no, it's just, it's just plain. Everything that's not under God, the creator. And those that do not choose to be under God, the Bible says they are rebels. And rebellion is as the spirit of witchcraft or manipulation. Of course, that doesn't go on today, does it? We need to wake up. We need to wake up. So why is God mindful of us? Why did God send his only begotten son to this world to die on a cruel cross? that men might have the opportunity to be saved. Why? Because he loves mankind, and he is mindful of us. His heart breaks. So I just read to you one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So there's coming a day when through the man Christ Jesus, all God and all man, that he will rule from Jerusalem with a rod of iron, and men, those that have given their lives to Christ, those who have not rebelled against the gospel, those who have received the finished work of Jesus Christ, those who acknowledge him as King of kings and Lord of lords, then they will have their dominion under God. Of course, God will be Christ, sitting on a throne with the scepter of Judah, in his hands. This is future yet, but it's coming. Things are lining up. Amen. Prophetically, things are happening. We need to look. Look up for your redemption draws 
die. Don't ignore. Not running around and doing this and doing that, but let's stick to what the Word of God says. Let's not deny the fact that God is bringing his word to pass. So who are we that God's mindful of us? Verse 7, and it goes on to repeat what I just read to you. Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crowned him with glory and honor and just set him over the works of thy hands or the creation. Now, you can read in Genesis the plan of God. So, even now, some of that dominion is retained despite the fall. But for the most part, it was lost and only to be regained in Christ and realized in Christ, the man, Christ Jesus, who is our high priest. Verse 8, Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. In other words, we're still looking for even a greater revelation of what is coming to pass of the dominion of Christ. John saw him high and lifted up. Isaiah saw him high and lifted up. Revelation says, and I saw him, hair like wool. Feet like brass, eyes like a flaming fire, a sword in his hand, and upon his vesture written the words, King of kings and Lord of lords. <laughs> this is future. This is future. <clears throat> the world is going to get even more chaotic than it is now. The Bible teaches that there will become a man will come on the scene at a point in time and he will speak great things, Daniel said. He will be an orator. He shall speak against the ancients and the ancients and he'll speak against God and he'll offer the world peace. For the most part, they will receive him. He will come as political what figure and will, will be backed up by the religious leader called the false prophet. This is yet future. When's this going to happen? I don't know. But I do see what's going on into the world. There's so much emphasis today. Just notice on the world government. Where the sovereignty of nations will be stripped and it'll be a one-world government. That's so evident today. This all leads up to the introduction. I'm not looking for him, the Antichrist, but, but the Bible speaks about him. And he will be a player for a certain amount of time. And he will be recognized as God. He'll be in the temple calling himself God, elevating himself to God. Dan, uh, the Lord said, as Daniel spoke, when you see the abomination of desolation in the temple, so that means there has to be a temple built, a third, a third temple, and all this things are going to come to pass, where the priesthood will be reinstated. These things are going to happen. 
But see, we we are under such a, I might call it a spirit of distraction. All these things are done, see, and cloaked. And we need to look through the eyes of the spirit. We need we need spiritual discernment. We need knowledge and wisdom, which only comes from God. And James said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. God is the revelator, not man. The revelation comes through reading this book. That's why the book of what revelation, not the revelation of John the Divine, but the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amazed him a little earlier than the angels, put all a crown of him of glory, and did set him over the works of thy hands. But now we see not in all things put under him. In other words, it hasn't come come to complete. Um, the Lord hasn't come to pass yet. But it's coming. All things are subjected under his feet. And of course, that speaks of Adam before the fall. But now it speaks of Christ and what he did at the cross, taking back. Taking back the title deed to this earth, which Adam gave up. See, there is a regeneration coming to this world. The Bible declares the earth will not be destroyed, but it will certainly be renewed and revamped and regenerated according to the plan of God. It's coming. We see not all things put under him. In 1 Corinthians 15, 24. Then cometh the end when he shall, listen now, have delivered up the kingdom unto God, even the Father, and he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. If we must reign till he have put all enemies under his feet, this is what's coming. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is what? Death. If we have put all things under his feet, but when he have saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is expected, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued under him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him, that he put all things under him, that God may be all and all. So what the apostles say, that there's going to be a power shift in this world. Now, from what I read, all rebellion against Christ, all rebellion against God will be put down. All enemies of the cross will be put down. And as I said a lot of times, that Jesus Christ, after the seven-year tribulation, after the battle of what Armageddon, then will come the thousand-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ. He will rule from Jerusalem with a rod of iron. All his, we're talking about a takeover. <laughs> kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violence must take it by force. And it's a spiritual thing. The Bible says he will destroy him with the power of his words. All things will be subject unto him. The, the great battle of what Armageddon will be fight, you know, will be fought. And then there's coming a, a what intercession when Christ will come from heaven and, and defeat all his enemies, according to what the word of God says. I just go what what 
the word of God says. Well, that's, that's far-fetched, but that's what the word says. That's what the word says. See, man will not, will not uh, praise God, he, he will not bring in a what called a what utopia or Shangri-La. Man cannot bring peace. Only the Prince of Peace can bring peace. Verse 9. But when we see Jesus, listen, we, plural, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. That's a strong scripture right there. But when we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels. Okay, we go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. I've read this before. This is what's called the kenosis, or the emptying out. Of Jesus Christ, who come to earth to be a servant, come to earth to serve God the Father, condescended, become sin who knew no sin, wrapped himself in flesh but never left his deity. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, beginning verse 7, but he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Listen now. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, whereof God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, who has God the Father, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Listen, read it again. At the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Let's happening, going to happen, of the things in heaven and the things in earth and things under the earth. That pretty well covers everything. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, we don't see a lot of bowing going on today, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But Jesus made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he may be by the grace of God should taste death for every man. That's why Paul said, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? To the believer, yes, death will happen. The physical body will die. But Paul wrote, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We're talking today about Jesus, our high priest. Where we don't need the what Levitical priesthood. Because he is Christ of the tribe of Judah. Who once went behind the veil and offered his blood on the mercy seat for our atonement. For the life is in the blood. And he said, I put it on the mercy seat for your atonement, for your reconciliation, for your salvation. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood 
of Jesus. It reaches to the highest mountain. It goes to the lowest valley. There's still power and always will be power in the blood of Jesus. For there's power in the blood, power in the blood. Wonder-working power in the blood. You can't, if you take the blood out of this gospel, you don't have a gospel. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Verse 10. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons in the, unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. What's captain mean? Well, if you've been, if you've been, in, the, if you've been in the military, then you know captain means one that has charge over many. But in this particular case, it means leader, originator, pioneer, pathfinder. So what Jesus did on the cross makes him the captain of our salvation. He endured, triumphed over sin, triumphed over death, triumphed over Satan, and he is the captain. In other words, the originator, the only salvation that we have today is our high priest, Jesus Christ, who forever, the Bible says, makes intercession for us, sitting by the Father's right hand. Looking unto him, the Bible says, the author which is the originator also, or the captain of our faith. He is the equation. He is the originator. He is the power. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. And if he's not lifted up, we're not a church. We're a gathering place. If he is not preached and preached crucified, then we are not a church. If the gospel's not preached, then we're not a church. We're simply a meeting place where men's doctrines are, are cast upon the people, so to speak. And the Bible says it's going to happen in the last day. They'll leave the precepts. They'll leave the foundation of the gospel. It's called heretics, apostates. Leave the original. Go off somewhere and maybe use the original, maybe even speak of the original, but yet the message is not about the captain. Some man-made foolish doctrine about some easy way to get to heaven. About some broad path that the Bible states therein leads to destruction. But the path we're walking is narrow. It's laid out. It's truth, and the truth will set us free. Captain of our salvation, perfect, listen, through sufferings, through suffering. Hebrews 5, 8 and 9, though he were a son, talk about Jesus, yet learned he obedience by the kings, the things, sorry, which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author, being made perfect, the perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them. That obey him. How many? All them. I see no limitations here. All them that obey him. Whosoever will, the Bible declares. Verse 11. For both he that sanctifieth, they who are sanctified, 
all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, or friend even. Not ashamed to call them. Who's the sanctifier? Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Who's the sanctified? We are. I know the Bible says sanctify yourself, but what, what that means is yield yourself as a living sacrifice under Jesus Christ through the gospel and the Holy Spirit will bring to pass what needs to be done. He's the helper. He's the sanctifier. He's the leader. He's the guide. He's the teacher. He's the comforter. He's the promise. So he calls us brethren. How does that happen? Because he became one of us at the cross. He became one of us in humanity, in the sense of humanity, and certainly not in the sense of sin. Jesus Christ had no need to be born again. No need. He was the perfect Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He was God. John 1.14, and the Word, the Logos, became sin. In the beginning was God. In the beginning was God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the Bible declares that through Jesus Christ we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. He's our heritage. The Bible calls him a tester, one that died that the will of God might be proclaimed and might be brought forth. Verse 12. Saying, I will declare thy name unto thy brethren in the midst of the church, will I sing praise unto thee. Declare thy name. What name? The name of Christ. And this is Psalm 22, quoted. Refers to my brethren, identifying himself for all those who place their faith in God. Psalms 22, 22. Will declare thy name. Under thy brethren in the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. In other words, recognize. When your name is written in the land's book of life, the Bible declares only you can take it out. The Bible says we are sealed with the Holy Ghost of redemption. We're sealed by the Holy Ghost. No, no man can say Jesus is Lord except it be through the Holy Spirit. In other words, a man can, cannot fathom who he is unless it's through and revealed by the Holy Spirit. Verse 13, and again I will put my trust in him, and again behold I and the children which God had given me. I will put my trust in him. Joshua says, from me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You must put your trust in the plan of God, and the plan of God is Jesus Christ. In this book of Hebrews chapter 2, right here it talks about him being our high priest. Put my trust in him, and again, behold, I and the children, our heritage, which God had given me. Isaiah 8.18 says, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord have given me are for signs and wonders, my mind, and Israel from the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth in Mount Zion. The Bible declares, Raise your child in the way that it should go, and when it grows older, it will not depart from it. Listen, I've seen that. I'm old enough to see children that have been raised the right way and depart from it but yet the Lord brings them back in the Old Testament it's called a hook in the jaw <laughs> you'll never ever be able to outrun God 
Just can't do it. <clears throat> a lot faster than you are. So our trust is totally in him. Verse 14. <clears throat> excuse me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. Listen. That through death, through his death, he might destroy him, who's him, the devil, that had power of death, that is, the devil. So the word became flesh. So here we have, he partook of death, partook of death that he might reconcile people back to God. So the Son became human for this reason. For this reason was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So he became human that he could destroy the works of the devil and release those who were in bondage to sin. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Verse 15. And deliver them. Deliver them. Let's go to 2 Timothy 1.10 first. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who have abolished death. O death, where is thy sin? O grave, where is thy victory? And have brought life and immortality to light. How? Through the gospel. Just not words, but powerful words, life-changing words, the gospel of Christ. Verse 15. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Fear of death. He says, I give you not the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Scholars have said there's been uh, two terrors from, from, from which uh, the only help is through Christ, and that's sin the guilt of sin, and the fear of death. If, if you're not in Christ, then you fear death. Because the, the man that's in Christ, or the person that's in Christ, as I said before, Paul said, death words I sing, grave words I victory, be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. If we're born again, of Jesus Christ is Lord of our lives. So we are delivered from the fear of death. We are delivered from fear. I give you not the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear hath torment, and perfect love cast out fear. Verse 16. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. That's powerful right there. You can study that all day <clears throat> and see how the plan of God from the ages, from what the start of the age, the beginning of the, what the ages, how he formulated the plan of God, how the plan of God was formulated and brought to pass through and only through 
Jesus Christ. For he took on him the nature of angels, but took on him the seed or flesh and blood of Abraham. Of course, that refers to his humanity. And through his human body, and through the suffering and the dying and the shedding of his blood, men are redeemed. The high priest, what was his job? Once a year to go behind the Holy of Holies, twice with blood, once for himself, and a second time for the people. But this man didn't need to shed blood for himself. He was already holy. He was already clean, pure. No, the Bible says there's no guile found in his mouth. The perfect Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Look unto him, the author, and finish your faith. I know I say that a lot, but we need to recognize and know who he is. He's our help today. Call on the name of Jesus. Call on the name of Jesus. So he took on him the seed of Abraham, took on flesh and blood, died. God died on the cross, resurrected on the third day sitting by the Father's right hand right now, making intercession for me and you, which is what the high priest does. Goes between. Passes between. Reconciles. Brings unity in the Spirit. 17. Hebrews 2, 17. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. It's just what it says. So who makes reconciliation for the sins of the people? Only Jesus Christ. Does religious ceremonies make us clean? Does even baptism make us clean? Nothing wrong with that. We need to be baptized. But the Bible says we're baptized into his death and raised in his resurrection. So he's the faithful high priest. Hebrews 4, verse 15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in to help in the time of need. Study that scripture. Hebrews four fifteen through 16. For he is touched with our infirmities, forever making intercession for me and for you. Our advocate. That word advocate, of course, means lawyer, our mediator, our go-between. That's what it says. We read that last part again. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. This is now. We are living under the dispensation of grace and mercy. Seek him while he may be found, because things are going to change. From what I see, when, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to set dates. But there's coming an end to this dispensation. There's coming an end to the church age in which we live. When the Word of God says the end of the world, it means the end of the age. When God does another thing. God's in charge. God's in control. And everything will come to pass that's in this Word. 
Verse 18, for in that he himself, talking about Christ, suffered being tempted. Listen, he is able to succor them that are tempted or keep them. He's the last Adam, incarnated as the last Adam. And even himself was solicited to do evil, tempted. We, we, we read about that in Luke 4. And we have Matthew 4. But yet he stood. And because he was tempted and, and what overcome. And the Bible says we are secured. He secures us or keeps us from the hour of temptation. James says, count it all joy. <laughs> we are tempted with divers temptation. <clears throat> In this world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer if I've overcome the world. <clears throat> Excuse me. So once again, he's our strength. I'm going to ask scripture one more time. Look unto him. The originator, the captain, the author of your faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Remember, this book is about better. Christ did not take on, he says, the nature of angels, but took on the nature of man or the seed of Abraham, that he might know exactly where we're at, exactly what we're going through, touched, the Bible says, with our infirmities. That covers a multitude of bad situations in our life. Everything that man needs was addressed at the cross. Salvation through the blood, healing through his stripes, Chastised for our peace of mind, bruised for our iniquities or our lawlessness. And his name is Jesus Christ. And we need to lift him up. He's your answer. He's the answer to all the world's problems, to the sin problem. Every problem that man faces today, every complexity, every bit of confusion was addressed at the cross. But the Bible says, because men refuse to retain God in their knowledge, then he'll just turn them over to their own will, to their own ways. And the Bible says they will be deluded, have a spirit of delusion. That means they will be able and will believe a lie and be damned. Jesus said, take heed, that no man deceive you. So when men preach any other gospel than the gospel of who? Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, get away from them. We must preach Christ to the best of our ability with the help of the Holy Ghost. We preach Christ. It's our requirement as a church, as the body of Christ, is to preach Jesus Christ and to preach him crucified. And the Bible says if you confess him with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, with a, with a mouth a man confesses, with a heart a man believes. Call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Make a conscious decision to turn or repent and go in another direction towards Christ. Make him Lord of your life and denounce all evil and tell him with a broken and a contrite spirit, Lord, become Lord of my life. 
saved me. And the Bible says, even if you've been in church a hundred years, be sure you search out your own salvation with trembling and with fear. Paul said, don't think you've arrived. But as long as we're here, we keep on pressing towards the high mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, today for your word. We thank you today that you sent your son. And Lord, if we believe in him, you've said that we will not perish. Wow. But we'll have everlasting life. That's your word. So we look unto him today, Lord, the author and finisher of our faith. And we ask you, Lord, today, you know, every individual is going to listen to this broadcast. You see every need in their lives. We ask you, Lord, to bring salvation. We ask you, Lord, to bring healing and deliverance. Break the chains off people's lives, off their minds. Lord, let us be as the sons of Ishkakar who discerned the times and knew what to do for Israel. Give us wisdom in these perilous times you talked about, Lord, these fierce times, these times when things are going to be and are difficult and are going to get worse according to your word. For men will wax worse and worse, and iniquity shall abound, what you said. And position us. And let us hear your spirit. Let your word be a lamp unto our feet, a guide. Let your Holy Spirit nudge us and teach us and deliver us and comfort us in the days in which we live. And we need you so much. And the world needs you so much. We lift you up. We give you honor. We give you praise. And we give you glory. And we pray all the things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless till next time. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Leads me beside the waters of rest. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.